Hello everyone, welcome to the AfriTalk podcast where we come together to discover ourselves through our heritage and sharing our experiences in the diaspora. I am your host, Jackie. Hello, brothers and sisters. Once again, welcome to the AfriTalk podcast. I hope you're all doing very well. In today's episode, I have a pending topic to discuss with a very, very special lady who understands our struggle. I'm telling you, this lady, she's a pharmacist, she's a skincare scientist, and just just name it. I will, I will let her introduce herself very soon. Don't worry. Please don't be stingy. We are about to break some very, very hot topics. So kindly share this with everyone you know. So, without me blabbing too long, allow me to introduce to you, Miss Morayo. Hello. Hi. <laughs> hi. Thank you so much for having me. Welcome to the AfriTalk podcast. Thank you so much. I'm really excited. So, today, I, I, ho- I hope you are ready because today we are going to break some things. We are going to start <laughs> discussing some things that even me, myself, I'm part of. So, I hope you are ready. <laughs> no problem. I'm ready. <laughs> Let's bring it. Bring it. Okay. In, okay. Before we start, I just want to give like a little disclaimer or something like just explain what we're going to talk about so this episode is to mainly highlight on skincare routine for black skin the discussion is to bring awareness to the common problem mostly found among women in the african community so we are here to learn from miss morayo and you know we will learn how to treat our skin and prevent future damage so you know So, Miss Morayo, tell us a little bit about you. Is it a, what I just, you know, the way I introduced, is that a bit correct? Yeah, I would say in summary, it definitely is. Um, so, I am a pharmacist by background. And mm-hmm. um, during pharmacy, one of the things that you learn is how to formulate medicines. And the good mm. thing about that is that the making of medicines, so making creams, etc., and paste and stuff, it's pretty much the same process as making the cosmetic products that we use on a daily basis the only difference is that within pharmacy you're using active ingredients to treat a medical condition whereas with cosmetics you are using that to um, enhance your appearance so those are two separate things so the the aim is different but the principle of how to make them is the same so in pharmacy school, I always really enjoyed our classes of formulating and making different things in the lab. And I remember due to me having this knowledge that friends would always ask me, like, oh, Mariah, I bought this, this makeup, uh, you know, this makeup foundation, or I bought this cream. Could you tell me what's in it? Because a lot of the, the ingredients are all obviously from chemical, chemical names and can be mm-hmm. quite, you know, difficult to decipher for someone who doesn't have that background. So I'd always give my friends tips on, oh, they claim that this product is uh, using mainly quote unquote natural ingredients but it's not really there are a lot of ingredients in there that Mm -hmm. are synthetically made or Mm -hmm. things like oh I want this ingredient to be able to do xyz can it sorry this um, product to be able to do xyz can it actually do that and then I would be able to tell them well yes or no and it was by that that I thought to myself actually instead of just applying this knowledge to pharmacy I could actually really apply this to skincare and because I had issues finding right products for myself so and also having my friends always asking me I said to myself you know what let me just kind of focus on the skincare side of things and you know learning more about that so I could help not just myself but other people as well and share that knowledge. Ha we are very happy to have you because we need someone like you who looks like (laughs) us who understand what we go through daily. 
In fact, uh-huh, before I forget, the subject for this whole episode is called skincare routine. So that's what we're going to learn today. And once again, guys, I want to apologize for if, you know, if the sound is a little bit off or whatsoever, because as you know, this Koro mm, has really caused some of us to not really meet and do something. So we are doing everything on via the internet. So just bear it as if the sound might be a bit off or whatever. So... Should I read deep into it? Yeah, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm just I'm, I'm, I'm making this thing sound so scary as if something oh anyways. Please guys, don't worry, we're not coming for you. We're just trying to share the exactly. knowledge. Exactly. Don't mind me. I, I'm sorry, I can be crazy sometimes, no problem. So I have uh, the first question is um which problems or like issues you know do, do we people in the mostly women in the African community face like regarding skincare or yeah skincare routine and things like that which which are the common issues or problems that we face so you mean in terms of the skin conditions or just finding products? yes yeah finding products our skin like yeah. especially in the diaspora you know our, our skin is just different than when we go back to the motherland yeah I would say one of the biggest issues that people of color have when it comes to skin would be hyperpigmentation so those are dark marks on the face so the difference between our skin and the skin of our white counterparts is that melanated skin is what skin that is rich in melanin is very reactive so if the skin has an injury or there's trauma what tends to happen is that you get post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation and what that means is that by this trauma or injury to the skin your skin gets a trigger and gets really inflammated and it triggers these cells within your skin to make more melanin and this reaction kind of goes overboard and what happens is that it creates much more melanin than Mm. is actually needed and that's how you get the dark marks so that is a huge issue that women and other people of colors uh, seem to face and it's not just only about the triggers that it can happen it can happen due to hormones as well sometimes pregnancy can lead to these marks as well chronic skin conditions such as acne can lead to having those dark marks as well and I think the main issue that we have is finding products that are suitable to Mm. combat these issues the reason being that a lot of these skincare brands aren't really catering to us so they aren't really taking the time to formulate products with us in mind right so you might see you know a skincare company and you think oh yeah surely this would work for me Mm -hmm. because I'm seeing a black woman on the ad so you're like well if they're having a black woman surely it would work hey, of course me I will, yeah. I, in fact i will use all my savings and buy all their products exactly. i'm the first person who do that <laughs> but then behind the scenes you'd be surprised that many cases they're not actually testing these products on us so that is the reason why with a lot of studies that have been done recently over the past few years that they found that black women tend to spend a lot more money probably about eight to nine times more than white women on beauty products not because black women want to Mm. you know look of you know all focused on beauty and that's Mm. what they care about it's because it's a real struggle to find products that are formulated for us and it the problem starts way back to one with the research there isn't a lot of research into how does our skin actually work what are the certain types of ingredients that we need to work on our skin that's one problem second problem is a lot of the ingredients, so not just the final product, but also actual singular components of these products, they aren't even tested on us as well. So if you are 
creating a product as a skincare brand and you're having to buy like maybe 20, 25 different ingredients to make your final cream, if those aren't even tested on people of color and then now the final product, you aren't testing that on people of color as well, it comes to no surprise that you start using things and they don't work as expected. Don't work. Ah, ah. This thing is paining you because I just started thinking about the money that I've lost all these years buying all sorts of products and I'll just be putting it on my face and it will just be worse and I'm still using my sometimes I'll even go and borrow money to buy a new product. Ah, that is the problem. If I can get all that money, but I would have built like three mansions so anyway. <laughs> but, but do you know what I've do you know what I've realized, Mariah? Mm-hmm. I realized that in our community, right? It's mainly the women who have you know, these issues. I don't really see a lot, only the men, well, excuse me to say mm-hmm. that, tend to like bleach, you know, that sometimes you can see them having skin issues, skin problems, yeah. but mainly it's like the women. Is, the, is, is there a reason why it's like, are we, is, I don't know, when God was creating that, did he say, okay, me, women with melanin skin, you are the only people going to mm-hmm. suffer this. What is it? I, well, the thing is, I think that it's just a perception of taking care of yourself. I think that skincare mm-hmm. is very, female oriented but that doesn't mean that black men don't face the same issues and loads of black men who have issues with hyperpigmentation Uh, another issue that men face a lot when it comes to you know facial skincare is for Mm -hmm. example um if they have beards having ingrown hairs on the face something that women face too they have these problems but i think that men aren't really used to having that you know that sense of okay let me actually take care of my skin or let me actually take care of these products I think a lot of men are just like oh I just use Dove soap to wash my face and I'll just be going Mm. they don't actually take the time to take care of the skin unless it's an issue that it really troubles them so you would have some men who if they have severe acne and it's like the entire face that sometimes it's like okay it's really come to the point where it's become a mental Mm. mental health thing where it's kind of you know it's really uh, tarnish their their confidence and they don't feel comfortable going outside I think usually m- most of those sort of extremes that men tend to take the time to do these things but for women it's you know women are conditioned to you know always try and look good and take care of themselves and I think that's why you see more men sorry more, more women, women coming to the forefront to do these things but men face the exact same hmm. issues ah thanks for clearing that too what is a skin care <laughs> skincare routine actually what does it actually mean we want to think about skincare routine what should first come into our mind because for me growing up for example growing up all i know that my mother taught me is you wash your face with your blast soap or the soap you use to wash your body with you know we have this sponge that the hard one i will use just scrub and really scrub your face and all the dirt all the pimples everything that's on your face that is not supposed to be it will just vanish and that's it and that's how i grew up so you ed- educate us, Abeg. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> so essentially, <laughs> so essentially um, a skincare routine is having consecutive steps that you take to mm-hmm. take care of your skin. So depending on the concerns that you have, you would have different steps. But there are three basic steps that everyone should have within their routine. Step number one would be cleansing. So that is cleaning your face, um, ensuring that all the dirt, all the impurities, all the things that have been on your face from, you know, going outside or any other thing that you've put on your face that you've, you know, from being out, for example, or in the mornings when you wake up, that's step number one. So cleansing. Step number two is to moisturize your face. So even when you use cleansers or uh, in general, you can lose part of the 
oils on your face that keep your skin barrier intact so it's really important that you don't want your skin to dry out you want your skin to be hydrated uh, you want to make sure your your skin you know stays stays nice and healthy so the second step would be moisturizing and then the last step would be a sunscreen Huh? A lot of black people are going to be like, wait, oh, no, 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 no. We are in Europe. Where's the sun? Please don't, don't, uh-uh. me, I know you only use sunscreen when you are going to the beach, you know, and it's very hot. Even, even so me, I will not even use sunscreen because my skin can contain heat. Oh, I'm an African woman. So why can sunscreen for what? On our face. This, or, no, wait, on our face or, or on our one. body? So if whatever part of your body that's exposed, essentially, <laughs> but yeah, so if you're outside, you know, in the winter times, your face would be sufficient. But if you're outside in the summertime, obviously the rest of your body. And I think this is one of the biggest myths that is so hard to crack with black people is that you need sunscreen. On your face, even yeah. in winter. Yes. Where's the sun? So as, mm. as long as there's daylight, there are different rays from the sun that will still hit your face. So essentially through... A year's period, whether it's winter, spring, autumn, summer, as soon as there's daylight, that daylight is comes from the sun. The sun is the only f- source of light that we have. So obviously in the summer, it's more intense for us here, here in Europe. But if it's winter, it's less intense. However, that those rays from the sun always come to us. Now, the sun emits different types of rays. You have UVA and UVB rays. What these rays do is they cause sunburn, they cause aging of the skin, and they also, and this is the this is the, the, the main reason why you want to wear sunscreen as a personal color is, they can actually increase or create dark marks on your face. Huh? The rays from the sun, if they hit your skin, they can trigger the cells that make melanin and create darker marks on your face. No, pause. Uh-uh. This one, I think my back is even scratching me. Wait, oh, because <laughs> if you look at Africa, right? There's like yeah. the sun is there almost nine, let's say 99.99999. And you don't see always people, you know, with uh, uh hyperpigmentation on their face and all those, and they don't they don't use a uh, uh, sunscreen. So why is it that we, we have to use sunscreen? One of the reasons is there are, yes, there are loads of people in Africa who don't have these mm-hmm. issues, but there are a lot of people who do. One of the reasons being is that, first of all, in Africa, we need more education as to, one, what is important for our skin. Number four, the buying power of the average African is different here. When the average person is struggling to, you know, buy, have food on the table and make sure that everyone is, you know, has everything they need, I think the last thing on their mind is like, ah, we need to buy Gary. Mm-hmm. I want to buy sunscreen. Who, no, that, okay. you know, the priorities mm-hmm. that one are different. You'd be surprised. I would say if you ask most Africans who are, uh, you know, rich or celebrities, I can assure you most of these people who go to dermatology clinics, most of them, they don't stay in the sun. They, sh- they stay, you know, they drive from one place to the other. No one's staying in the sun. They one, they are avoiding the sun. Number two, a lot of these people they do have the resources to get the right skincare products that they have. So that is one thing. Secondly, the climate there is different. So our skin may respond mm-hmm. differently there to where we are now, right? So that's one of the things as well. So it's that, and it's just the lack of education, essentially. We we as black people, we don't need we need sunscreen. It's not true. 
even though having melanin-rich skin, if you do have a natural SPF factor, SPF stands for sun protection factor, and that is the calculation that they use for sunscreens to calculate how well it can protect your skin from the sun. And melanated skin tends to have an average SPF of 13. So we do have a form of natural protection, but it's not going to be sufficient for us to get rid of those dark marks. Now, that's another thing as well, is that most people know, oh, you need to wear sunscreen for skin cancer. That's another difference between people who are dark and people who are white. Reason being is that, yes, if you are of a dark complexion, even though the risk is very low, it is, it is still possible for you to get skin cancer. However, skin cancer in most cases presents itself completely different in people of color. We mainly present ourselves with skin cancer in areas of the body that are not exposed to the sun. So the gums of your teeth, the palms of your hands, the, you know, the soles of your feet. Mm-hmm. Uh, a good example is Bob Marley. He had skin cancer and it was something that manifested, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, on his toe. Hey. That's the, yeah, that's the thing. We, the weirdest we, place to, 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 for exactly. cancer to even go and find itself. Exactly. Skin cancer is such a, it's such a deadly form of cancer, but it presents itself so different in people of color. We tend to get it in places that aren't exposed to the sun. So then it's like, okay, so why do we need sunscreen? Because you are trying to reduce the, the, the chances of getting dark marks because the sun does can give you dark marks and if you already have dark marks or if you have acne it can make it worse by once once the acne leaves it usually leaves you dark marks mm-hmm. and then the sun on top of that causes dark marks and i've seen loads of photos by clinics in nigeria and ghana who treat patients who live in africa who have a lot of dark marks on their face so it is something that happens there as well hey but so it's so it's necessary for us to use sunscreen even though we are black, we are from Africa, and we've been living in the sun. And da, 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 da. Ah. Yeah, mainly for anti aging, mainly for anti aging and dark marks. Not necessarily for skin cancer, even though that is possible. Mm-hmm. But, but the pigmentation and the anti aging are the two big ones. Okay, so we yeah. should keep, we should bear that in mind. And that should be the reason why we have to use the sunscreen, not necessarily for cancer or all these other theories. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, those are the more important reasons why. Yeah, because I know a lot of we always like to say black don't crack. Mm-hmm. My dear, there's some people whose black has been cracking. <laughs> and if would if they wore sunscreen, it may have made hey. difference. Some people, um, if you yeah. see their face, you're like, ha, indeed, black don't crack, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> but but then you need to ask yourself, how many people do you see? And you're like, ah, black don't crack. There's it's only people, people on TV, like, all these stars. Those are the only ones that they are black, never cracks. I mean, they are rich now, of course. Yeah, Miss Bassett. If you look at her, you you think she's 25 and she's like in her 50s. But Uh, these people, they have money, they have the resources to get the right products. The average Joe doesn't have this type of resource. So you need to make sure you're using products that are appropriate for your skin. And that's something I'm always trying to advocate for is that having using sunscreen as a person of color is so important no matter what your skin color is whether you're white asian or black you need to be wearing sunscreen every single day of the year 365 days but won't sunscreen like affect your skin not to get enough vitamin d because we always saying ah oh, we need the sun we need the sun we need vitamin d but putting all these you know cream this sunscreen thing on your face won't it you know won't it stop 
the vitamin D to you know really enter your body, enter your skin well, well. That's that's actually a very good question. Uh, funnily enough, well, it's it actually doesn't. Um, and the reason for uh-huh. that is that many times when people wear sunscreen, they don't actually wear a sufficient amount as well. So when you wear sunscreen, you are meant to use. Um, a few teaspoons for your face, your ears, your neck area, and like a shot glass for your body. But the problem is most people use way less than what is recommended, number one. Number two, when you wear sunscreen, you'll always have sections of your face that will not be fully covered. So you think you've rubbed it all in, but if you look on a microscope, you might see, oh, this section here has sunscreen, this section doesn't, this section has, this section doesn't. That's one thing. Mm. Number two, the sun rays they can also get to your scalp you're not putting any sunscreen on your scalp so Uh it through that you are getting the sun sun rays are able to convert you know um vitamin d in your cells because it also comes through your scalp so they're sufficient but we are wearing wigs we are wearing wigs we are braiding our hair the sun rays can still go through it can still penetrate Ah. yeah (laughs) because It still penetrates through that, and I mean, because even the wig is not is not hundred percent. It's not like a it's not like lead, right? It's not hundred percent. That's one thing. You have other parts of your body that are exposed, and the studies have also shown they haven't seen any significant reduction in people's make uh, their cells making vitamin D when they're using sunscreen. So it shouldn't be an issue. So so how so how much of the cream do we need to put on our face to be well protected? the sunscreen so so usually a a really good rule that i use is to use two so on your fingers so use your index finger and your middle finger just put the sunscreen on both of them Mm -hmm. so just a line of sunscreen on both fingers and use that for your face neck and your ear that's kind of like a rule of thumb that i like to use yeah because it's quite hard to uh, because obviously everyone's face is different so I would say two and if you have a, a bigger face on average maybe add your ring finger on there as well just ensure that you have enough sunscreen mm. because I think most people underestimate how much sunscreen is really needed. wow but that's a lot on our face especially if you want to put on makeup it's a lot of cream oh, because before using the sunscreen you, you've already washed your face use so many mm-hmm. things and even moisturizer normal moisturizer and then you pack all these sunscreen on your face and then makeup Aye. Mm-hmm. yeah but i do it on a daily basis and it doesn't really seem to be an issue i think also just waiting sometimes for it to kind of absorb in your skin as well um tends to help me at least and i think that at the end of the day, it's not like these things, it might sound like a lot, but in most cases, these things don't necessarily tend to clog your pores in a way, or it's like, oh, you put all these things on your face, because a lot of these products have been made to ensure that they have a function of keeping your skin healthy, and just sticking to that, and that's another thing that, you know, most people try to aim with those who formulate skin um, sunscreens for Mm -hmm. the skin just to ensure that it does its job of protect protecting your skin from the uv rays that give you those dark marks or age your skin okay so after applying the sunscreen before 
putting on your makeup, you have to wait small for the cream to absorb into your skin a little bit before adding all these layers of makeups. Yeah, that works for me. But then mm. it, it depends on, like I said before, like, it really depends. Everyone's skin is different. But that's mm. something that's wet for me. Like usually when I put on sunscreen, I just kind of wait for a few minutes because usually after I've done that, my skin um, isn't as shiny as it was straight after I put on the sunscreen and I'm mm. good to go. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I get it. Okay. But um, should we be using like mineral or chemical sunscreen? And does it really matter which one we use? It doesn't matter which one. The most important thing is that you use a sunscreen with a minimum SPF of 30. So the sun protection factor should be a minimum of 30. That's the most important thing. Whether you use chemical or mineral is entirely up to you. Whatever, you know, the textures between the two can be different at times, but it entirely on your own personal preference. And also one thing to, to keep in mind is that when you're looking for a mineral sunscreen can be more challenging if you have a darker skin because mineral sunscreen in many cases have titanium oxide in it. And this is what usually leaves people with the dark skin with that white ghost looking, mm -hmm. you know, face because it just turns your whole skin white, which is not great. Mm -hmm. So most of the sunscreens that I use are actually chemical, but I have seen a few mineral sunscreens that people with a dark complexion have used and it's been completely fine. Okay, so which are like, what are some of the brands that you can recommend for some of us that, you know, yeah, dark skin? <laughs> uh, so one of the brands I would recommend is La Roche-Posay. I think that's a very affordable sunscreen. Uh, so I think it's the, because I have it here with me. Me too. I have so, it all, brothers and sisters. Since this lady recommended it to me, at first thing the next day is I bought the La Roche-Posay's uh, SP. SP is it SPF? Yeah, SPF. Plus, yeah. So 50, 50 plus. Uh -huh. yes. And I yeah. use it when you see me rubbing it all over my face, you'll be like, wow, you you respect me. What? It's almost finished. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. No, honestly, I really love their skin, uh, their sunscreen. I think it's affordable and it works really well. It has an SPF of 50. So the Anthelios from La Roche Bose is a good one. Then you have another sunscreen by a brand called Supergoop. It's called Unseen Sunscreen. So that's an SPF of 30. This is also a chemical sunscreen. And what's nice about this one is that it has um, it has a primer-like feel. So you can actually kind of use it as a primer as well if you want. Mm. So that's really nice to use that under your makeup. And I know a lot of ladies who use that sunscreen mm. as a sunscreen and primer at the same time oh. i do that as well sometimes okay what is the name i can kind of please uh sure say. super goop is the brand name and the name of the sunscreen is unseen sunscreen uh-huh super goop yes. on screen sunscreen yes unseen as uh, unseen. unseen oh unseen, I thought, uh, unseen. what kind of big english is this <laughs> oh unseen. <laughs> no unseen uh, unseen unseen sunscreen unseen yes. sunscreen yes Aye. yes that one's really good i really like that one and then you have invisible shield by glossier is another really good one mm -hmm. um that one is also i believe that one is a chemical one and you can get that one online from the Glossier website. I think that one is also really, really good. And then you also have uh, an SPF from the brand called Paula's Choice. That one is also, yeah, that one's really mm, that good. That one I know. Yeah, and that was That's SPF 50. One, eh? That one's also mm. really good. I love the texture. It's quite lightweight and doesn't feel greasy on the skin. And it doesn't leave that dreaded white cast where you're looking at Casper the Ghost. Mm. So, yeah. 
definitely recommend uh, that one. I feel insulted. It's okay. <laughs> Because I've used so many different things, and I can I can just remember I can I can see myself back in the day. Anyways, <laughs> yeah, we've all been there. We've all been there. The struggle. Oh, is it's real. Low, I'm telling you, and it's so good. Sometimes <laughs> if you meet someone who's just like you and understands the struggle, and I've been using things that you know, and someone that is also educated in that kind of field, and the person can really help you along the way. It's, ah, it's just a blessing for me. Hey, I'm happy now. I'm happy I found you. So. <laughs> let's move back to the skincare thingy routine and all that what products Mm -hmm. should everyone have in their skincare routine okay so like i mentioned before cleanser that is that one has to be in there without a shadow of a doubt especially you don't necessarily have to use a cleanser in the morning to wash your face if you want to some people just wash their face with water but i would say at the end of the day probably best if you've had or you know you did your whole skin routine in the morning your sunscreen all the dirt and getting that off your face so definitely a cleanser one that i like mm. to use is by a brand called face theory they have really nice cleansers then the next one moisturizer like i mentioned before there's a brand a dermatology brand called cerave they have amazing uh, moisturizers i love their moisturizing lotions really lightweight and uh, doesn't have any fragrances in there and they've tried to formulate it in a way that it doesn't you know clog the pores or create more you know um, pimples and things on your face so I really like that one also a huge must and like I said what we've been talking about sunscreen like the ones I previously just mentioned those are like the free things Mm. whether you're man woman those three are just the bare bare minimum of what you need to have in your closet okay so the cleanser is it like a soap or is it I don't know is it watery is it it's like a serum what what is it so I would say a cleanser preferably using one that is quite gentle on the skin Mm -hmm. so Preferably not soap, because the problem with soap, so like a, a, a bar soap, mm-hmm. is that the ingredients that are needed to make a bar soap can make the skin very drying. Mm. And that's why I would say bar soap, you can use that on your body if that works well for your body, but not for your face. So you would want to use cleansers that are maybe a bit creamy, not as stripping of your skin. So one of the things that you, when you are using a cleanse, one thing to look out for is that, you know how some people will be saying like, oh, I just cleanse my face and my, or they just cleanse the body and they say, oh, it's squeaky clean. Mm. You don't want squeaky clean. Squeaky clean is bad because what squeaky clean means is that when you've used this cleanser, when it took the dirt off your face, it actually took some components of your skin with it as well. And that's why your skin might feel very stretched and Mm. tight after cleansing your face you don't black want soap you want your skin to feel <laughs> yes please guys i know black soap can work for some people but that is some people it's not the majority if you have black soap please throw it in the bin. oh well I black soap you. is because our if... heritage you cannot just come in here and just you know and just let us know I, I, I don't know i will not i will not take it from you <laughs> no way because me my mom has been using black soap her whole life and she's fine she's perfectly fine you no know? She's fine. So, uh, so why the, can't I use it? The thing is, the, the climate here is different. And like I said, it can work for some people. So if it works for you and it doesn't leave your skin stripping and that's what you've been using, by all means, you can carry on and be using it if it works for you. But for most people, it leaves your skin dry because it is a soap. So what it essentially does is it's in the ingredients within soap, in many cases, are in a different pH environment so there's a scale of things that are acid and things that have more of a basic side so soaps are very 
basic, right? Mm -hmm. And our skin is more on the acidic side of this scale. So if your skin is in one, one part of the scale and then the soap now drags your skin out of that into an environment it's not normally in, it can leave the skin very dry, uh, stripping your skin and very tight. And that is something you don't want. You want to cleanse your face and your skin to feel normal, just the way it felt before you washed it. You don't want it to be like, oh, yeah, oh, now my face is clean. Oh, no, it's not good. Yeah, because if it's, you know, if it's very, if it's very clean tight and, and stretched, has, then you feel like, yes, your face is no. very clean. So that's wrong. It's that's bad. bad. That's wrong. You don't okay. want that. You're, you don't want that one. You, you are the professional. You listen to please me. so guys. <laughs> if your skin is feeling like you just have Botox or filler to stretch your please, it's not just good. Throw it in the bin. Mm. Yeah. So so we have to use a cleanser that is uh, like maybe creamy base, something that will not strip all the minerals away yeah. from our face. And or can we use it for our body as well? Also, mainly for our face. Yeah. You can use it for, yeah, skincare is universal. You can take care of, and I actually vouch for that very much. You can use skincare for your face the same way on your body as well. There shouldn't necessarily be a difference. The only thing, sometimes the skin on your body is thicker and sometimes more resilient than the, than the skin on your face. So sometimes your the skin on your body can handle a bit more in terms of strengths of ingredients but you can do the exact same thing on your on your body so in terms of cleansers i would say one that has like a milky texture is great but there are some cleansers that are a bit foamy so like the foaming cleanser by CeraVe is foamy it's not milky but it doesn't leave your skin stripped mm -hmm. because they've added other ingredients in there to make your skin still feel hydrated even though it's firming up mm, i use the cara uh, sarah is it caravi or the ceravi 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 hydrating cleanser and i'll say whenever i use it like I f it feels like i just i creamed my face whilst cleansing my face in a way yeah. so it doesn't really I, make me feel like mm, i can even after cleansing my face I, even if i choose not to put any moisturizer i can go to sleep like that because i don't feel that my face is dry or something i don't do that so please don't come in yeah. and beat me yeah. <laughs> i do moisturize my face yeah yeah that's the thing i think because these it's people are so used to the idea of having a cleanser that's really foaming and you mm. feel like oh yeah it's coming off my but there's so many cleansers out there that don't foam and do the exact same thing because the biggest ingredient or the biggest compartment of a cleanser is an ingredient called a surfactant and you have loads of different types of them so what a surfactant essentially has it has like a head and then it has a tail the tail mm. loves to be in the dirt, loves to sit in things that are oily, mm -hmm. and then the head loves to sit in water. So what happens is when you're moist, when you're putting a cleanser over your face, what happens is that the tail end sticks to all the dirt on your face. It's like, oh yeah, we love, we love the dirt. We we like each other. Mm. So, but then when you wash it off with water, what happens is that the head side obviously it's like oh we love water so as soon as you put water on your face the head attaches to the water and you wash it off, off with the dirt because now the dirt attached to the tail is being washed off your face oh, uh -huh. with the head that now sticks to the water so that is what these cleansers are made of and it doesn't necessarily need to foam in order to do that we are learning oh, wow <laughs> wow <laughs> We are learning. Okay. Okay. No, this is good. It's good. It's good. So after using the cleanser, you mm -hmm. use the does it matter any, can we use, for example, for example, shea butter, 
cocoa butter. Those are the common mm-hmm. ones that I know that I can mention back to back. Those one, can we use mm-hmm. them as moisturizers for our face and body? Or you, what, what do you, what do you think? Um, what do you say? I again, you know, I'm not trying to tell people what to do. Mm-hmm. If you've been using it and it works for you and it's not giving you any major problems on your skin, you can carry on using it. I personally, I don't do that. Sometimes I do use like like a cocoa butter uh, base, for example, uh, on my body, but it's not necessarily something I use on my skin, my face. Reason being that in many cases, it's a bit too thick and a bit too much for my skin. And for some people, it can be, you know, it could be very like clogging off, you know, their face by using that. Um, one thing is that shea butter is actually used in a lot of skincare products. So you'll see shea butter as a component of skincare mm-hmm. products because it feels nice on the skin if you're using it partially to kind of give that nice feel it's great so i have loads of skincare products where it's part of it but it's not necessarily the main main ingredient so i would say if it works for you you can carry on using it would i say it's first choice no no okay okay if you have it and maybe you have a whole box left and you feel like you want to finish using it before buying the right product ah go on you can do that if it works for you but if it's giving you pimples then you might want to give that box to a friend you know to a friend or maybe to maybe to someone an elderly person who loves it because they will never listen to us anyways (laughs) (laughs) wait so should oily skin and dry skin be treated differently or can you just use if for example if i have oily skin and you have dry skin Mm -hmm. can we use like the same product or we really have to use products that suits you know the it's best type of skin we have it's best to use products that suit your skin although there is an overlap so there are different types of serums that both both types can use Mm -hmm. but i would say uh, when you have oily skin what happens is that your the glands on your skin they just produce more oil mm-hmm. and because of that you just have more oil on your skin where someone with dry skin doesn't produce as much oil so what you don't want as someone with oily skin is to use products that are very heavy in oil because your skin already has a lot of oil mm-hmm. and that can really clog your pores so you want to use something that is lightweight and works really well someone who has dry skin you want to kind of keep your skin hydrated you want to put moisture back into your skin that your skin is lacking so using very mm-hmm. you know hydrating ingredients such like hyaluronic acid for example or using things like ceramides in your moisturizer to keep your skin uh, moisturized and hydrated uh, is really important someone with oily skin could use these ingredients as well it doesn't mean you can't use it but you just need to look at the consistency of the products if something really thick um and like occlusive would be better for someone who's has dry skin so they can really lock the moisture in or someone with oily skin you might want to use a moisturizer for example that's a bit more lightweight ah well is there something called normal you know skin because maybe it's only your forehead that gives you oil and the rest of your face is just normal dry is yeah so usually they they would classify that as combination mm-hmm. skin so someone who has you know maybe normal to dry skin on parts certain areas and then they have like a really uh, oily skin elsewhere so that's something that I have so my forehead and my cheeks tend to get quite oily but other parts of my skin are just normal okay dry. and then what kind of product should you then should you use in such a situation um so I would say just using products that 
one don't strip your skin is really important so using a gentle cleanser is really important using hydrating products as well um because i have oily skin on the parts of my skin that are quite oily mm-hmm. i tend to get you know um pimples and things and that then leads to hyperpigmentation so i like to use mm-hmm. exfoliants as well so what happens is with the exfoliants what they do is they essentially speed up the process of cell turnover so every couple of weeks the skin on your face is not the same skin that you had a few weeks ago so your skin is made up of mm-hmm. layers and as time goes mm-hmm. on these layers get pushed to to the outer side of your body which you see now so underneath your skin mm-hmm. there are different layers and every mm-hmm. time your top layer sheds off and then a new layer comes to the forefront. So if you have, you know, um, pigmentation or other things within your skin, if you use an exfoliant, it helps that process and helps speed it up. So it makes it, it makes it easier for the top layers to shed because what can happen in some cases is that the the dead skin cells can kind of go into your pores and mix with oil and cause acne, for example that's something that can happen Mm. so by you know speeding up that process it just kind of sheds and leaves you okay can you use a scrub a scrub also as the ex what did you call it exfoliant Exfoliant. Mm. my english teacher so a scrub is essentially it's an it's also an exfoliant Mm -hmm. but that is classified as a physical exfoliant so physical exfoliant because it's an actual physical thing mm-hmm. you know the the particles within the scrub to scrub of that top layer whereas a chemical exfoliant is a liquid that is made out of different you know different uh, ingredients mm-hmm. that do the exact same thing the reason why i would not suggest a physical scrub on your face that is for someone with a, a skin with darker skin is mm-hmm. that because of the melanin that we have and how reactive the cells which are called melanocytes that make melanin mm-hmm. are if you use a physical exfoliant what can happen is you can damage your skin the skin gets triggered Mm. and then those melanocytes make more melanin whereas if you use a chemical exfoliant you aren't you aren't necessarily you know putting injury or injuring your skin so that's why i say physical scrubs don't use that on your face you can use it on your body but not on your face oh something just came over me wait me i scrub my face at least three times a week so are you trying to tell me that it's not necessary to to be using scrub on my face because I can damage my skin. Yes. Ooh, if you shaking. have darker skin, it can it can actually make whoa, 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 the whoa, spots whoa. worse. Yeah. So physical, if I would say for dark skin, it's best to stick to a, a chemical exfoliant. So mm-hmm. like a liquid form, you just put that on your face, let it sit, and then use your other products after because if you use a physical you could be creating micro tears on your skin and then ah. your melanocytes could trigger the oh injury we need to make more melanin uh. to protect the skin and then it creates more melanin and you get dark marks that's uh. a, something that can happen um, so our skin is really sensitive to injury so you need to be very careful what sort of products yeah. you use on your skin so i i don't recommend using a physical scrub on your face at all on your body is fine but not on your face most on your face and do you know any any um brand that we can use for our type of skin the exfoliant yes so a good brand is paula's choice again they have Mm -hmm. a salicylic acid two percent solution that works really well for exfoliating so one thing i need to mention with exfoliant is really important that you don't exfoliate more than two to three times a week 
if you've never exfoliated before, I'd say start off with mm-hmm. once a week, see how that goes. And then maybe you can increase that to two or three times. It's not something you should do on a daily basis because your skin is just going to get damaged and you can actually make your skin worse. So it's really important that you know the frequency in which you're using it. So the Polish Choice is one. Another great one is by a UK brand called Deviant Skincare. So they have a exfoliant called, I think, the Gentle resurfacing liquid and it has different types of chemical exfoliants in there it has acid mm-hmm. in there has lactic acid in there and these are really good exfoliants that you know you put this in your skin and then after a while it just helps with that self turnover so th- those are the ones that i use currently and then there's another one by a brand called i believe it's psa they have a toner that is a, a glow toner which has mandelic acid in it which is another type of exfoliant as well this is something that is really good to use you can get that on beauty bay and then another mandelic acid uh, serum by a brand called face theory so Mm -hmm. those are the different types of exfoliants that i tend to use and they work really well for my skin and i've seen other people who've had quite good results as well do you use it in the morning or in the evening i mainly use it in the evenings in the evening so you don't wash it off you just after cleansing your face you put it on there and then you use the oh you don't use uh moisturizer afterwards yeah 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 you do Uh i mean as in you don't wipe oh you don't wash it off okay no you don't wash it off no no oh we are learning Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> so do you need different products for the for uh, in the morning and in the evening? Because now we've just learned that it's better to use these exfoliants in the evening, and mm-hmm. maybe as a beginner, you know, it's better to start once a week to see how your skin reacts to it, and then you can use it two or two to three times a week, right? Yeah. So, yeah. what I understood is in the morning you definitely have to like maybe cleanse your face, you know, you use the moisturizer and then the sunscreen. Are you, is it still, is it necessary to do the same thing in the evening again? So, Especially with the sunscreen too? So sunscreen, you obviously only need to use a sunscreen when there's daylight. So you use that in the mornings only. When you're going mm-hmm. to bed, you don't need a sunscreen. Okay. Cleansing of your face happens in the morning and in the evening. So that would be the same okay. thing. Moisturizing in the mornings and in the evenings as well. So there's a huge overlap. Mm. I think the biggest thing in terms of the difference between morning uh, evening is with the active actives. So things like a retinol, so which is a vitamin mm. A, is mainly uh, to be used in the evenings because it can make your skin more sensitive to sunlight. So preferably you'd want to use that in the evenings. Um, products such as your exfoliants as well can make your skin more sensitive so you would want to use that in the evenings rather than exposing your face to the outside when you're using these products so i'd say most exfoliants and the vitamin a's that i use i use those in the evenings and then everything else i use in the morning or you can do in both so mm-hmm. things like hydrating serums which has hyaluronic acid you can mm-hmm. use that any time of the day. So I use hyaluronic acid in the evenings and in the mornings as well. Oh, yeah. wow. So you also use vitamin A. Me, I only thought vitamin C is enough. I didn't know you have to use A too. Mm-hmm. You don't need to use A. Um, it all depends on your skin. One thing is that vitamin A is definitely one of the best researched skincare ingredients. Mm-hmm. And it works really well for people who have acne. There are different types of vitamin A's, you have retinol, you have retinol, you have Accutane, some of these you can only get as a prescription from the doctor. So some are creams, 
some are tablets that you take so there's some people who take yeah yeah so there's some tablets that you can get from the doctor to help with acne yeah and those are vitamin a tablets yeah so those are the differences i would say in terms of vitamin a vitamin a is really good at anti-aging as well uh only thing is that a vitamin a can make your skin quite irritated in the beginning of using it so you need to really build up your use of retinol like you can at some point use it nearly every day but you need to really build that up so usually start off with once a week for a few weeks then twice a week for a few weeks and three times a week for a few weeks so that way you can just get used to it yeah Hmm. this thing this thing Hmm. Ah, this is her. <laughs> I'm, I'm, re- I'm literally looking at my mom with a side eye like, hmm, well, why didn't you learn teach me all these things? Eh? And you've been growing with all these problems. <laughs> and then everybody in the church, when they see you and they see that your face is looking some kind of way, what happened to your face? Don't eat too much ground nuts, mm-hmm. eh? else you have been. Do you know what you're talking about? Mm-hmm. Do you know? Now we have a professional here telling us what to do. <laughs> eh? I don't even know what to say anymore. <laughs> but from uh I'll say professional side of you, which part of the body should we pay more attention to? Your whole body. Everywhere, everyone's ah. equally important. I think that we spend so much time focusing on our face, but not spending much time on our bodies and our bodies we can have similar or other skin concerns in the body as well. It's true, like you said, the Mm -hmm. face is more exposed. So from a, you know, from a place of, you know, this is what people see. So obviously you would pay more attention to this. And I know that, you know, there's a huge, a lot of studies that show there's a huge link between people's mental health and confidence and their skin concerns. So if you're someone who has cystic acne mm-hmm. and you have a lot of, you know, pimples and spots on your face, that could definitely, you know, be very detrimental to your self-confidence. So obviously that would be your main priority. There are loads of people who have acne on their back, dark marks on their knees, on their hands, on their arms, on their stomach you know or uh, something called chicken skin or strawberry legs as some people like to call it so keratosis pilaris mm-hmm. as well which is mainly on the body as well so I think that we need to spend time on those types of skin concerns as well because those skin concerns to me are equally as important so I think just taking care of yourself in general and I think in this time now where the majority of us are at home we're not really going anywhere. Just taking that extra time in the shower to, you know, exfoliate your body. Mm-hmm. Just the way you, I would exfoliate my, my face. I would do the exact same mm-hmm. thing to my body, exfoliate my body. I use like a, a like a brush to like brush my body first to kind of help with that process. I use mittens to exfoliate my, my body. So ex- the physical exfoliation I was talking about earlier, not great for your face, fine for your body, obviously within remit. So if you have really sensitive skin and your body doesn't react well, then maybe not. But for most people, it's fine if you exfoliate your body physically. So that's something I tend to do as well. Um, so yeah, I think just taking care of your skin all round, every single part of your body is important. Even though, yes, you see the face more, but it's all important. Can you use like the, you know, a sponge, like typical African sponge also as an exfoliate or how you... Yeah. On the body? If you use on the body, yeah. So just normal I water, so. sponge, you know, uh, soap, and, yeah. and you just finish, you know, bathing well, well, and then you put on your cream. That's also fine. That's fine, yeah. I do. I use exfoliation uh, like a mitten, and I exfoliate my body. I do that. I sometimes even use, like, that mitten on my private area as well. Sometimes I use exfoliating mm-hmm. lotions on my private area as well because a thing that's very common for people of color is our hair tends to be very thick 
and curly. So if you're someone who shaves or waxes mm -hmm. or tweezes certain areas of the body, what can happen is that hair can curl back into mm -hmm. the skin and cause ingrown hairs. So to combat those ingrown hairs, exfoliating is super, super important. So after waxing your body or shaving, make sure that you are exfoliating those parts of your body. So I tend to do that. Just scrubbing it with your sponge very well. Yeah, scrubbing it with like a mitten. <laughs> yeah, I would say the, the sponge sometimes I don't find as effective. So I have these like Japanese, there's like really small pink mittens. I just put my hand in it and I exfoliate them. Or sometimes like the mm. poorest choice, uh, that exfo chemical exfoliator, I just, you put that on a pad and just the private area, outer, never inner, always outer parts of your, uh -huh. your pads. Mm -hmm. That yeah. one our mother's thoughts yeah. as well. And then, <laughs> and then just use that to exfoliate. Yeah, to help with the ingrown hairs. Mm. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. I'll, I'll look into that because me and the way I love my sponge. Wow. My sponge. Mm -hmm. This evening, you are really shaking me. It's something doing me. And I'm not ex I'm not as happy as I'm always are, but it's okay. I'm learning. <laughs> we live and we learn, sis. That's why we're here. <laughs> Anyways, on another note, what is the best age to start using anti-aging products or procedures? I would say the standard age that I see a lot of those products being used would be 25. Oh. So, yeah. So, most people... So early. Yeah, most, yeah, because when you look at the graph of how our skin is able to turn itself over, like mid-20s, things start to slowly start going down, right? Mm -hmm. So that's why usually the age of 25 is recommended that the biggest anti-age products being uh, vitamin A, mostly being recommended from the age of 25, unless obviously you have severe acne, sometimes you can use it before that age. But if you're just using it for anti-aging purposes, I would say 25 is a good age to start hi so i have to start using it because <laughs> i'm already that age oh. yeah so hey. yeah mm -hmm. and like what products can you use for that so in terms of anti-aging i would say yeah retinol is like the biggest the biggest one that i would say to you okay retinol comes in again yeah yeah okay. retinol that's a vitamin a that is one of the best researched mm. uh, anti-age products so that's what i i tend to use yeah okay brothers and sisters we are going to end this part here watch out for the next part in there we're going to talk about acne on drug sports you know the things that we eat if it can be caused by the things that we eat and if it's necessary to you know do some facial treatments and so many more questions that i got from uh from our listeners so share this with everyone that you know and take that till next week. I'll bring out the next part and we'll continue this discussion. Miss Morayo, thank you so, 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 so much for this <laughs> lesson for today. <laughs> like I'm telling you, like I'm so quiet and I'm just thinking, I'm just like, ah, so all my life. Ah, so I've been just... I've just been doing the wrong thing. Ah, like but yeah, we've hey. all been there. There have been so many times where I've done the wrong thing too. So, you know, we live and we learn. As long as we, you know, as long as we learn new things and we make sure we apply them, that's all that matters. Eh, I'm telling you, I'm 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 very shocked. I'm I'm ah in fact, I'm hurt. But anyways, <laughs> let me <laughs> just to close this thing on a good note, please and please and please. So if you've been using what you are using now for your whole life or for a very long time and it works for you, we thank God, then it works for you. But if it does not work for you, please just take one or two things that Ms. Morari just mentioned and try, you know, try new things. Just because at the end of the day, you, we only have one phase. You cannot go and do surgery and 
get another face or another skin or whatever. Well, of course, if you bleach, but that's even worse. But anyways, we'll not talk about that today. <laughs> so, you know, try and really love your skin and treat your skin and protect your skin from all these nasty things we always get on us, on our face and our bodies and just name it. So I'm going to leave you here. That's all I have for you. I will see you next week. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Afri Talk podcast. Please subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcast and share it with everyone you know. For more amazing stories, stay connected by following me on all social media platforms. Find me on Instagram at AfriTalk underscore pod, on Twitter at AfriTalkPod and on Facebook, AfriTalkPodcast. Or you can send me an email at AfriTalkP at gmail.com. AfriTalkP at gmail.com. <laughs>